Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it! Breaking away, Garrett Wilson! Wilson a big play downfield! Allen tripped up! He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to recap day number two of the NFL Draft. Another wild ride, a lot of trades, a lot of moves. The Jets didn't do anything crazy. They didn't do anything crazy day number one, although they did throw a big surprise. Today, not as surprising for the Jets. And we're going to talk about that and everything else that went down on day number two with our friend, who is the editor over at JetNation.com, Mr. Glenn Naughton. Glenn, what's up, brother? Hey, doing all right, man. I'm I'm sure that you enjoyed the draft, same as I did. As we see every single year, we see guys go earlier than we expect. We see guys entering day three who are still on the board, and people are scratching their heads, wondering why they're still there. And we try to dissect it and figure out what teams are doing. Without a doubt. This was a day, though, where even though there were some interesting moves by a bunch of other teams, the Jets did something that wasn't all that surprising. Many people had expected the Jets to take a center in round number two, the need to do that was lessened with the re-signing of Connor McGovern a couple of days before the draft. And then, of course, the Jets not taking a tackle in round number one made people think that they might go that route in round number two. But nope, it was indeed a center, but not the center that a lot of people thought. John Michael Schmitz is the one that everybody thought the Jets were going to take with that second round pick, number 43. They had gotten this pick in the Elijah Moore deal. It was Elijah Moore in a third rounder for number 43. Of course, the Jets had number 42 and traded it away to the Green Bay Packers as part of the Aaron Rodgers deal. We'll get into that in a little bit. 
But the Jets picked Joe Tipman, the center out of Wisconsin. There is some positional flexibility there. Tipman has practiced at guard for Wisconsin, hasn't played there. So it's not like he has a ton of experience at guard, but he probably could develop into a guard if the Jets needed him to. Brandon Thorne, who's one of the best offensive line guys out there, had this to say about Joe Tipman, and he's got a film room episode with Joe Tipman that's available as part of his Trench Warfare substack. He wrote, Jets fans, Joe Tipman is a weapon in the run game on the move, excelling in zone and pinpole concepts. The Jets run zone, and they ran a lot of pinpole concepts last year. Have to assume they will continue to do that, even though Mike LaFleur's not here. Nathaniel Hackett runs a very similar offense, so Tipman a good fit there. With a special blend of size and athletic ability, had him as my second-best offensive center. Goes on to say that he had John Michael Schmitz slightly ahead of Joe Tipman, but Tipman has much more athletic upside. So if you're on the fence about which one to take, you might go with Tipman because the future could be brighter for him due to that athletic advantage over John Michael Schmitz. Big guy, Joe Tipman, six foot six, and you want to talk about an endorsement, Glenn. If there is one guy that is a Jets fan, you want to hear said, I like this pick. I fully endorse this. I think the Jets made the right move. It would be Nick Mangold. And here's what Nick Mangold had to say. Love the pick for the Jets with Joe Tipman. Can't wait to see you in the middle. I know a guy who can get you some barbecue sauce. It'll be waiting in your locker when you get here. So Nick Mangold going to let Joe Tipman try some of that barbecue sauce. We'll get into the comments that were made in the presser by Salah Douglas and Tipman after we discuss the pick. But as I said, good fit in the system, athletic guy. He's six foot six, so he's big. He can move, perfect for the zone. Tipman seems to be on paper a really good pick here for the Jets. Robert Salah confirmed during the presser that Tipman will compete for the starting job at center with Connor McGovern. And it's not going to be easy on Tipman because McGovern is a serviceable starting center. He's got experience, and Joe Tipman is coming in as a green rookie. McGovern is going to be fighting with everything he's got to keep that starting job. And so Tipman may not get it right away, but the idea here is that Tipman could start right away, but even if he doesn't, he is going to be the long-term center. And obviously, we saw the injuries that happened last year. If some things need to be shuffled around, he could wind up starting later in the year, even if he doesn't start day one. So I like the pick, and this is another example of the Jets maybe having slightly bigger needs in other spots, but going with the guy that they think would do them the most long-term good and also the guy that they had as the highest on their board. As Joe Douglas has said, the Jets are not going to be a team that reaches for need. And even though they did have a need on the offensive line, the bigger need was a tackle. And so the fact that they picked Joe Tipman shows you that they really did believe that he was the best player for them in that spot. Yeah, Tipman was a guy who I, I picked early on. I watched him a little bit last year and liked him. Knew coming into this year he'd be one of the top centers. Um, said early on that he was my top choice. Eventually, I kind of pivoted to to John Michael Schmitz, but I think that was a product of having seen him more recently because I, you know, it had been probably a few months since I'd watched Tipman and you know, John Michael Schmitz became this sort of, uh, you know, the, the in vogue guy to, to just sort of anoint the top center. And I'm not saying he's, you know, in some ways you could make the argument he is. But for me, when you look at Tipman and it, it's that it's the athletic ability, his ability to get outside and, you know, and hit his target. You know, that was the other thing that jumped out to me because I don't know if people realize it. it 
the, the more the more you watch linemen, you know, as as, as the, the longer you watch the game and you start to watch linemen more closely, you don't realize just how often they'll pull and get out in space and not find anyone to block. Um, doesn't happen a lot with Joe Tipman. He was consistently blowing guys up. Looked like he was really effective on those, you know, outside run plays, toss sweep, those stretch plays to the outside that the Jets like so much. And it might be that Jets bias that made me say, yeah, he would be my top center, probably because he's that better fit. Um, so I'd said to our, I said on our show a few weeks ago to Dylan Terriman that I said, you know, I think John, the John Michael Schmidt stuff was me kind of getting caught up in, in everyone else talking about him. But I, I went back and watched Tipman and I came away thinking, this is still my top guy, you know, and, and I, I would take him over John Michael Schmitz and the Jets obviously felt the same way. And what a, another lesson for us, right? We do this every year, Scott. We talk about the Jets talked to this guy and visited that guy and scouted this guy. They had John Michael Schmitz in for more visits, you know, but between pro day, combine, private thirties, they saw him more than anybody and he was on the board and they didn't take him. They went with the other guy. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. As we've said, Glenn, just because a team meets with a guy a bunch of times doesn't mean that ultimately... He's going to be their pick. The Patriots famously use misdirection. They've only picked one guy in the last nine years that they had a top 30 visit with. So Bill Belichick clearly using it to deceive. But there are other ways to get a feel for these guys without having them in for a top 30 visit. And clearly, the Jets preferred Tipman to John Michael Schmitz. I think a lot of it may very well be because of what Brandon Thorne said, that Joe Tipman has the advantage in terms of athletic upside. Let's talk about what Joe Tipman said in the press conference with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala after he was picked. But before we do that, let's talk about what Will McDonald said 
and what Robert Sella and Joe Douglas had to say about their selection of Will McDonald in the first round. McDonald said he talked to Brees Hall, his former teammate at Iowa State, earlier in the morning, had no idea he'd be joining him on the Jets. They already talked on the phone after the pick. So McDonald and Brees Hall clearly friendly just beyond being teammates at Iowa State. McDonald asked about his ceiling, said he's going to try and get in the Hall of Fame. That's a great answer. Also said he was a bit surprised that he went to the Jets at number 15, thought that he might go in the 20s or maybe early in the second round. Maybe that'll help motivate him to live up to that number 15 spot. But again, we talked about this, Glenn. Even if you say that ideally McDonald was a guy that you would pick, say, between 20 and 22, and I'm not saying that's the case, but let's just say that that's the scenario here. If the Jets felt like they couldn't get a decent deal to move down and they were afraid that somebody would pick McDonald ahead of them, it's really not worth picking up a fourth or fifth round pick to lose out on the guy that you wanted. So even if maybe they thought they could have moved down a couple of spots, wouldn't have been worth the risk if he's the guy they really like. McDonald said, quote, I love hitting people. Joe Douglas, I'm sure, enjoyed hearing that. Douglas said, we feel like Will is one of the most dynamic pass rushers in the draft. Robert Salas spoke about Will McDonald as well, said he's, quote, going to be special. Salas said he thinks Will McDonald compares favorably to Randy Gregory and Brian Burns. I had a friend of mine point out Robert Quinn as well. Remember, Robert Quinn, very, very long. So that makes some sense, too, because Will McDonald has incredibly long arms. Douglas said the Jets are never going to be a team that reaches for need. The implication there, of course, being that even though the Jets had on paper a bigger need at other spots, namely linebacker, safety, and the offensive line, especially at tackle, the Jets were not going to pass on a guy that they thought was a better player to fill a need. And Glenn, you and I have both agreed with that. The teams that are the best are the ones that stack the most talent. And so that's what Douglas and Salah did. Joe Douglas and Robert Salah both alluded to the fact that they're hoping to have more leads this season with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And they like the idea of being able to shuffle in a bunch of different pass rushers to keep them fresh down the stretch of the games and be able to consistently get to the quarterback. Going back to what Will McDonald said, he talked about how before football, he was on a path toward going into the army and then football actually changed his life, reflected a lot throughout the press conference on what he's been through and what this opportunity means for him and his family. McDonald said he's trying to get to 250. Right now he's at 240. I believe he played at 236, but he does have a frame where he could probably gain about 10 pounds of muscle and not suffer in terms of losing speed and explosiveness. According to Will McDonald, one of the first people to text Will McDonald and congratulate him on being picked by the Jets after the selection was announced was Aaron Rodgers. So that's nice to see Aaron Rodgers already taking on that leadership role. Moving on to Joe Tipman, he said, quote, I'm a physical dominant player. Joe Douglas talked about Joe Tipman as well, said he probably had the best mullet in the draft. Probably true. Joe Tipman most likely had the best mullet in the draft. But Glenn, I think we can agree it's still not as good as Dan Feeney's mullet. You're not going to be able to replace Feeney's mullet, but you can't leave it on a dress. You have to do what you can. Yeah, that's very true. But at least now they have somebody with a mullet again. Sella talked about how it's going to be an open competition at center between Tipman and Connor McGovern, which I alluded to before. Douglas strangely said that even with the drafting of Tipman and the re-signing of Connor McGovern, there's still a possibility that the Jets could sign Ben Jones. I don't really understand that. I don't know what you would do. How many centers do you need? 
Douglas said there were a few conversations about tradebacks, but ultimately nothing materialized. I also want to share some information. I know I tweeted out a little bit about this as well. On the selection of Will McDonald, I heard from somebody inside the Iowa State program, and this is what he said. Excited for you guys. Last year, I told you someone would get a steal with Brees. I think that's been the case other than the injury with Will. The Jets get a great kid who should make an immediate impact on their pass rush. I also spoke with James Reed, former Jets defensive tackle, who is an Iowa State alum. And boy, was he excited about this pick. By the way, James will be on the show soon. And we're talking about maybe having him on regularly during the season because now with two Iowa State Cyclones on his old team, he's really going to be motivated to watch the games. Here's what James told me. They had McDonald inside at his size at Iowa State, which is crazy. But when he was outside, he looked like Von Miller. He will change it all for the Jets' pass rush. I wouldn't want to be a quarterback in the AFC East right now. So he is really bullish on Will McDonald, thinks he could be an outstanding pass rusher for the Jets. And then another bit of information, I know that there were reports by both WalterFootball.com, courtesy of Charlie Campbell, and the Athletics' Dean Brugler, that the Jets were planning to take Jameer Gibbs at number 15 if the Lions hadn't done it. I heard from a person I generally trust about this, and here's what he said. The Jets would have taken Gibbs. They had him graded well above any wide receiver and weren't going to reach for a tackle once the ones they liked were gone. McDonald was high on their board, too. So what I can gather from that is once Peter Skronsky went off the board at number 11 to Tennessee, at that point, the Jets decided that they wanted Jameer Gibbs, and then he ended up going to the Lions. What that tells me is that the Jets were not that high on Broderick Jones, which is interesting because, A, nobody had any idea the Jets were that high on Jameer Gibbs, and B, most people seem to think the Jets were very high on Broderick Jones, and apparently they weren't, and apparently they weren't. Jameer Gibbs is fascinating, though, Glenn, because he really is a playmaker in every sense of the word. He could even play in the slot. He can do things as a running back, as a receiver. Him and Brees Hall together could be scary. And as I pointed out before, Aaron Rodgers completed 60% of his passes to running backs last year. We know that Nathaniel Hackett has experience having a two-back combination with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, so that wouldn't have been a foreign concept to him either. Jameer Gibbs being drafted by the Jets would have probably angered a lot of Jets fans, but it would have opened up the possibility of the Jets zigging where everybody else is zagging, trying to get those two elite running backs and deploy them in creative ways. Obviously, it ended up not happening, and they were happy to get Will McDonald. But I thought that tidbit was well worth talking about. So, Glenn, thoughts here on the information I got about what the Jets were looking to do, what I heard from James Reed and the person that I know that works inside the Iowa State program, and, of course, the comments from Douglas, Salah, Tipman, and McDonald at the pressers. Well, I mean, it's it's it couldn't be more encouraging to hear what the uh, what James Reed had to say about the about the kids' game. And I, you know, I took to Twitter last night. I, there were a lot of people who were who were not happy with the fact that I explained why I thought the pick made sense. Um, a lot of what you said there, Scott. Um, basically, my reaction was you're you're in the AFC. We keep we've been talking for months now, even before the Aaron Rodgers trade. 
hearing James Reed rave about the kid that way is encouraging. I, I took some heat last night. There were, there were a lot of fans upset about this pick. I did a video this morning trying to explain why I thought it made sense. And it was a lot of what we've talked about in the recent weeks and months, even before the, the arrival of Aaron Rodgers. We talked about how if and when he did arrive, there was going to be a gauntlet of quarterbacks to get through. And I, there were a lot of people t- saying to me, this isn't a need. You drafted Clemens. You've got Huff. You know, you, you've got all these edge guys you just took. You just took Jermaine Johnson in the first round. What are you doing? And I just, I said, look, you gotta, the Jets are expecting to score points this year because you've got Aaron Rodgers now, but you're going to face quarterbacks who are going to score points too. And you got to be able to keep, you got to have fresh legs and guys that can get after the quarterback late. That's exactly what this pick does. If you think back, Scott, the, the example I used, and I don't know if he'll be the same type of player. If he, if he is, you know, we couldn't be happier minus the injury stuff. But if you think back to John Abraham's rookie year, like he didn't play a lot early, but then his first couple games where he got on the field, they used him late and he got, I think like, I want to say it was a couple weeks in a row or in a very short time frame. He got like game ending sacks, like third and long sacks, fourth down sacks. I think one was against the Patriots. Um, and he just, and that's when he put himself on the map. You're like, Oh, here's this kid, that pass rusher they drafted who didn't see a lot of action early. And then boom, he gets on the field and he gets to the quarterback in a big spot. And so I'm looking at this and saying, even if this kid doesn't play a ton of snaps, because I didn't want to come across like a hypocrite. I've been saying all along, pick 15 has to be an every down player. Well, it's not going to be an every down player. But if it's a player that you put on the field in big spots and he gets to the quarterback, that increases the value. And it's not a it's not a huge deal that he's not playing 70 percent of the snaps. So I love the pick, love the player, um, the tools he brings. You talked about the length, the explosiveness is fantastic. Um, I saw one tweet saying that the the numbers he put up at his pro day, the you know, the broad jump, divert, all that stuff would have been among the best, if not the best in the position groups at the at the combine. So he's got elite skills. The 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 production is through the roof with the exception of this year when he was moved inside. And we heard Robert Sala say it to him on the phone call. Say, listen, we're going to move you out of that four eye, get you outside, get you chasing the quarterback. And that's exactly what they're going to do. And he's probably, you know, depending on the personnel groupings he's with, he's not going to see double teams. If he's out there, if he's out there with Carl Lawson and with Quinn and Williams, you can't double everyone. So he's going to have a chance, I think, to make some big plays. I, I mean, who wouldn't want to see him have another guy enter the, the the rookie of the year conversation if he can become a regular part of that rotation and get some big sacks? That you know, that, that's what people look for. So I love the pick. I love that you know people on the inside, former players, are are signing off and kind of saying what we're seeing. The Von Miller comparison. That's I mean, that's through the roof to me. But that I mean, again, h- how fantastic would that be to get? a guy of that caliber you know even if he's if he's a three quarters of what von miller is that's a win in that spot um the, the comments from the coaches you know comes as no surprise you know they they spend a lot of time looking at these guys i think the most surprising thing was the comment that ben jones is still a possibility because as you said how, how many centers are you going to bring in um i i don't really feel like you need a fifth center but We've, you know, we've talked for, for a while about depth, but I think if you're going to go after depth, I'm, I'm, and this is just me. I'd be looking at the outside. I'd be looking at the tackles and some of the free agents out there, but all very encouraging stuff. Fan, I hope people kind of get a grip and, and ease up on the McDonald stuff because there are a lot of people criticizing that, saying the Jets didn't have a plan and they panicked and they, they didn't panic. They took all the time they needed. They tried to work a deal and they couldn't. And they took a guy who they had rated high on their board who, if, he hadn't been moved by Iowa State. Uh, if he would have, because he had consecutive double-digit sack seasons going into this year, if he would have had a third, nobody would have any question about him being a top 15 pick, and he may have been a top 10 pick. So 
you know, relax on that. Give the guy a shot to play. Watch him, first of all. Some of the things people are saying, I read it and I go, okay, clearly you've not watched this guy play a single down to football. Because not only, just because you like to pick, you're talking about him like he can't play football. Stop being ridiculous. Watch him play some games and understand why the Jets did this. It makes complete sense. Speaking of making complete sense, day number two of the NFL draft. Glenn, your thoughts here on the picks that occurred in the second round. Um, Joey Porter may have been my favorite corner in this class. I talked about him a fair bit with Dylan on our show. I knew the Jets wouldn't take him, but I just absolutely loved his length, loved his mentality, aggressive guy. And of course, no surprise being the son of Joey Porter Sr. that, uh, you know, that he plays that way. Sam Laporta, I'll just, I won't cover everyone. I'll skip to the guys that jump out. Uh, Laporta, a guy, he went earlier than I expected based on what we were hearing from the, uh, from the insiders, but he was a guy that I liked a lot. I kind of, I don't think I ever thought he was a second rounder, but I thought maybe third round pick. He ends up going very early round two. Michael Mayer, of course, we talked about there were some tight ends in this class. There are some tight ends in this class that are going to be really, you know, they're going to be around for a long time. And the Raiders get a good, a good player there. Steve Avila, the, the, uh, the center guard from TCU, another really good pick right there. He goes to the Rams. Derek Hall, I think somebody mentioned him as a guy, you know, why didn't the Jets take him instead of, and, you know, it's like the conversation we've had, right? It's the Jets are going by their board. They're not going by public opinion or online mocks or whatever it may be. Bergeron, it surprised me a little bit. I've, I've, you know, I've heard whispers that Bergeron would kick into guard, similar to what you said, but apparently it's just, whether it was the Falcons or not, um, the, 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 the responses I was hearing, it, it's just a foregone conclusion. Like he's a guard, and I, I look at him. I think, yeah, I think he's got the feet to play to play tackle, and I thought he looked good out there. And maybe one day he gets out there, but it's it seems that that's uh, it, like I said, that's that's signed, sealed, delivered. He's going to play guard, and a lot of people seem to think that that was going to happen no matter what. The Foskey pick surprised me. Um, you know, he he wasn't as dominant this year as I expected him to be, and. There were a lot of insiders who were saying that, you know, teams had taken notice that there was a little bit of a drop off and maybe he wasn't the player they thought he was. And he ends up going, you know, he ends up going 40th overall. So not bad for him. The Luke Musgrave to the Packers. He's one of those guys, you know, just ridiculously athletic, uh, talented guy. And I mean, to get picked that early for a guy who hardly played. Um, you know, there's got to be some sort of off the charts talent there and, and athletic ability. And of course, we've discussed Tipman, Brian Branch. Some people did think he would go to the Jets at 15. I thought that was too early for a safety. I know that at one point, Todd McShay, I believe, had him ranked sort of in this range, like 49, 50, somewhere in there. And he ends up going there. Keanu Benton, you, you nailed it on the head, you know, before the, literally as the second round was starting. I just did a quick article where I named like 10 or 12 guys that the Jets could target at 43. Keanu Benton was on there. And I said, you know, there would be people who wouldn't like that pick just because they would look at the position and they're not familiar with the player. If you had paired him with Quinn and Williams on the inside, I don't see how anyone could complain about that. Um, Zach Charbonnet, you said it. Love him. One of my favorite backs in this class. Um, Tyreek Stevenson, the corner for the Bears, really physical guy, good punt return. Uh, uh, return man so he's he's one of those corners that plays with the linebacker mentality good cover guy but not afraid to you know to get and stick his face in the fan and get involved and I had the same thought with you as soon as I saw the Giants took John Michael Schmitz I said well there's a comparison that we're going to have for as long as those two are in the league together um, or at least for as long as they're with those two teams Osiris Torrance what a bargain the Bills got and I mean Osiris Torrance against Quinn and Williams is going to be that's going to be a lot of fun to watch um, that guy is just an absolute monster on the inside 
Brenton Strange and Juice Scruggs back-to-back Nittany Lions. I really thought Brenton Strange, and again, because of the depth in this class, I thought he could be a day three steal. I didn't think he would go this early. Um, and a lot of that, too, is based on, you know, looking at some of the mocks and the mock draft machines, and I'm seeing him ranked, like, in the hundreds. And I'm thinking, wow, this guy's a really good player, and I seem to think more of him than than these, you know, these these sites that are ranking these prospects. Obviously, the league lo- thought a lot more of him than that as well. He goes to the uh, to the, the Jaguars, and then of course Juice Scruggs, another guy. I kind of, you know, talking about the centers when the Jets brought Montgomery uh, McGovern back. My thought was, well, if they if they don't take a center early on, do they take one later? And you know, the two names that I kept bringing up. Uh, Strom, uh, Ricky Stromberg and, uh, Juice Grunks. And I thought both of them would be sort of third round or later. And they both end up going a fair bit earlier than I expected. Len, your thoughts on everything that went down in the third round? Uh, well, as you said, it kicked off with Zach Pickens. He was a guy who I thought went, he went a little bit earlier than I expected, but a, a really good player in the middle. Tyler Steen, the Jets, he's one of the guys the Jets had in, so we kind of had an eye on him. Myself and Dylan mentioned him a few times. I think Dylan did a player profile on him on, uh, on Jet Nation. And as you said, listen, the Eagles have been doing this since the days of Andy Reid. You go back to then, and I remember, you know, when they had, they had a, I can't remember their names off the top of my head because it's a while back, but I remember who they drafted. They had two like stud defensive tackles. And then in the first round, they took Broderick Bunkley out of Florida State. And I think that was, I think I remember that so well because I'd remembered reading before the draft that, you know, keep an eye on the Eagles to, to, to do that, to grab a guy who's for the future. And then I was involved in the uh, Jet Nation mock draft where for that reason, I got, I got the Eagle somehow and I mocked Broderick Bunkley and they took him. And I thought, wow, I guess that theory is right. That, that, that Andy Reid does like drafting a year ahead. And then when you went back and looked, he does do that. Howie Roseman carrying that on now and just doing a phenomenal job right now. And, and, uh, you know, uh, last year, uh, Cam Jurgens, man, I love that guy. I wanted the Jets to take him so bad, and he looked phenomenal in that preseason game against the Jets. Um, Drew Sanders, outstanding linebacker in this class. He's going to be, you know, he, again, he's a guy that fits that mold of the modern day linebacker. Runs really well, converted safety. You watch him on film. He's, you know, he's a guy. He's spying running quarterbacks, and he's able to kind of cut these guys off before they get the corner and and get a, get a lot of stops. He actually knocked um. What's his name? Uh, CJ, was it CJ? I forget. One of the top two quarterbacks. I forget who. Um, knocked him out of the game, chasing him down, running toward the right sideline and was able to, was able to wrap his legs up and, and take him down. I saw that months ago. I forget. I just remember thinking, oh, he just knocked one of the, uh, the top two quarterbacks in this class out for the game. Um, and again, it's just his athleticism allows him to do that. Hendon Hooker loved him at Tennessee. You know, we talked about him as a possible, you know, when people asked us in the mailbag, is there a quarterback the Jets could go after outside of round one? We both said Hendon Hooker was a possibility. <clears throat> that, of course, is when they had the two picks. Nathaniel Dell, that's a guy that I'd mentioned as, as wanting if, if they, if the Jets did pass on Jackson Smith and Jigba and, you know, later in the draft. Again, he goes a little bit earlier than I expected. I, I didn't think he'd go with, off the board at that point really like Kendra Miller nice size speed combination powerful back with a little bit more juice a little bit more speed than you would expect from a guy that size you know you mentioned it with Jalen Hyatt right speed guy take the top off of defense but not exactly a refined route runner he's got some work to do there but he's he's a guy who can make big plays early on 
Um, Zach Harrison, we also talked about the Ohio State product. Some really, some of his highlights on film are really impressive. Um, and I think that, you know, in the right system with the right team, he can really become a, a really solid player. Josh Downs, I loved. He was my, my Jordan Addison light. You know, he was actually a guy that I was on before I watched Addison last year. Um, Downs, just phenomenal player. I really, he was the guy that I actually said I wanted the Jets to take at 42, um, or 43 rather. When, you know, when we did our pre-draft show, he was one of my top two guys. It was, I either wanted Josh Downs or Dan Henley. Um, obviously they, they, you know, they go with Tittman. Ty J, did you hear them say Ty J Spears doesn't have an ACL? No, I did not hear that. Yeah. They said after the, uh, pick, they said he had two injuries, um, two ACL tears and, uh, he doesn't have an ACL. And they said that they don't know how long he's going to last in the league. But uh, it's been the case with some players in the past, but he apparently ACL-free, uh, Ty J. Spears. Yaya Diaby goes next to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you're following you know, me on Twitter or on the show on JetNation.com, he's a guy I talked about quite a bit this year. Um, watched Louisville to get a look at Yasir Abdullah, who's still on the board. Loved Abdullah's game. But Diaby also jumped out at me, and those became sort of two guys that became a focal point for me in terms of you know front seven guys who can be disruptive in a lot of different ways. Both were projected to go much later than this. Um, Diaby, really happy for him. Uh, Abdullah, Yasir Abdullah, a guy that I'll be keeping an eye on because I, you know, undersized guy, but I really like his game. He's not a lot, size-wise, he's not a lot different to me than a guy like Elvis Dumerville, who obviously had a lot of success in the league. Uh, Devin A. Chain worries the hell out of me in Miami. He's not going to be a high, you know, he's not going to get a lot of carries. He's one of the smallest backs, you know, ever to be drafted. So he's not going to see 15, 20 touches a game. But in that system with those receivers and all that speed, if you can get him eight to 12 touches, he can, he can do a lot of damage. Uh, and Henley, I touched on, you know, wanted him, didn't get him. Just glad he's not in the AFC East. That was my biggest concern there. Uh, Tank Bigsby, underrated back, I think, in this class. I think a lot of the backs, there's so many good ones in this class and there, a lot of them are falling. Like there are some guys on the board right now that I would be doing backflips if, if the Jets got them. Um, and you know, that, that we'll see how that unfolds tomorrow. Um, DeMarvian Overshone, you touched on it. We've talked about him. And so if I'm not mistaken, Scott, that might be how I thought. I didn't know you were a Texas fan. I just sent you some Overshone clips one day. And I was like, hey, this guy's pretty awesome. And you were like, yeah, I'm a Texas fan. It was either him or Xavier Worthy, one of those two. But um, mm-hmm. both, you know, both really good players. Uh, Darnell Washington, you touched on it. The knee that he was a name that I'd, I'd thrown around as he's nightmare. You know, he's going to be a, a, a matchup nightmare for opposing defenses. He can block like a tackle. He's, you know, he's eight feet tall. He's going to go over the middle and make plays. He's going to be a red zone target from day one. You know, great job by the Steelers there. He's going to be, he's going to do a really nice job there. Jordan Battle, I actually remember you talking about him last year, Scott, saying that you liked him as a safety prospect. And I agree. He just sort of fell off the map. Like he was getting more attention last year than he did this year. And sometimes we see that with players. Um, and Jordan Battle, that, that was the case with him last year. Of course, Stromberg, I mentioned, I think, uh, one of the better centers in this class. I saw Brian, uh, Baldinger had him as his number two behind Tipman, as a matter of fact, when he put out his top five, sa- five safeties the other day. Uh, I've got a friend who's a 49ers fan. I got some expletive filled messages when they took a kicker with the 99th pick. Uh, okay. he wasn't happy with that. Can't say I entirely blame him. Um, Trey Tucker, speed merchant, you know, anytime the Raiders take a guy like that, you, you kind of still feel like Al Davis is calling in picks from upstairs. And, um, 
The final two, Cameron Latu, another good tight end in a deep class. And Makai Blackman, he, he started at the Senior Bowl. I remember he, he was getting a lot of love there. Dylan Terriman was at the Senior Bowl and he messaged me a couple times and sent me some clips. I'd watched them a couple times, uh, you know, pre, prior to the Senior Bowl taking place. A lot of the projections, no, again, they, sometimes they're just off. But he was another guy that I saw projected in sort of round five, six. And here he goes to the back of round three and a solid player. Glenn, we are through two days and three rounds of the 2023 NFL Draft. Day three will kick off with round number four later today. But guess what? There are still plenty of good players on the board. The Jets have a pick in the fourth and two picks in the fifth. They were able to swap one of their sixth for a fifth as part of the Aaron Rodgers deal. So they got a little something there. Take us through some of the best available players that could potentially be options for the Jets on day number three where they're going to need to make those picks count. Sure. You know, there are, as a lot of people are saying, there are still some talented players. Um, the guy that's probably the guy that's most surprising to me because he was one of my favorite players was, uh, Tommy Adebore, who, you know, we talked about and he was, he was getting talked about as a first rounder at one point, especially after he, you know, ran that 449 at the combine at 283 pounds. But, you know, the Northwestern product, I don't think, you know, I don't think the Jets are going to be in the market for another D lineman. Um, at least not at this point, but he's just a, he's uh, to me the best player on the board. Um, Clark Phillips out of Utah, really surprised he's there. And, and you do wonder, even though the Jets don't have that need, we've talked about the lack of depth at corner. And if you can get a guy like Clark Phillips, who's got starter potential, do you, if you're the Jets, do you take a leap there and go try to grab him? Um, Dewan Jones is a guy, listen, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the, the Fairly new podcast. I say new. I'm new to it. Um, with the first pick. That's what it's called, I believe. And, uh, former NFL linebacker and general manager, uh, Rick Spielman, the m- many of you will remember from his time with this, with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and he touched on Dewan Jones a couple weeks ago and I was really surprised with, with how blunt he was, but he basically said, he said he wouldn't take the guy. He said, um, you know, I was at the pro day, talked to some people, heard some things, heard about some really bad eating habits because he's a huge guy. Um, you know, said I heard about bad eating habits. At one point he was working out or at one point during the pro day or sorry, once the pro day had concluded for the O lineman, um, Paris Johnson, the tackle, Luke Whipler, the center, they went down to the opposite end zone with a coach and they were still getting after it and doing more drills and putting in more work. And he was like, Dewan Jones just stood there watching, didn't get involved. He said, then I go to the senior bowl. I see Dewan Jones at the senior bowl, had himself an all right first day and then just quits. I, he, he stopped. He, he, after the first day, he was like, I'm not doing it anymore. So he was like, you know, between the eating habits and the, the motivation questions, he's like, I wouldn't take that guy. So I'm hearing him say that and I'm thinking, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on Dewan Jones because he, as far as everything I'm, you know, reading and seeing and hearing is that he's a highly thought of prospect. Now, if Rick Spielman is seeing this, other GMs are going to see it too. So I thought, let's see if this guy falls, you know, farther than, than people are projecting. And right now, on at least on SI.com, he's the fifth best available player, um, who is still on the board. And it's going to be, you know, I'm going to we'll keep an eye on that and see how far he falls. Um, Blake Freeland, the guy we mentioned, who's he's gone a bit further than I thought. I I thought he might have a chance to go in round two or three. The BYU product, of course, as we've mentioned, he plays both tackle spots. Roshan Johnson, who you're familiar with, of course, mm-hmm. um, the running back and uh, the running back out of Texas, still out there for somebody to take. Q Blue Kelly, Stanford, another corner. Like there are some solid corners on the board at this point. Um, and but another one, probably my favorite guy on offense, who's still out there. 
who I mentioned a little while ago, Israel Abanacanda, the running back out of Pittsburgh. The guy is just an absolute speed merchant. They didn't ask him to catch the ball all that much, but when they did, he he looked fine doing it. So it might be a, a situation where they just didn't ask him to do something he is capable of doing. But uh, you talk, I mean, he's a guy I, I look at. You know, he's not Jameer Gibbs, but he might be the closest thing to Jameer Gibbs still in this class. And if the Jets were in on Gibbs, I'm thinking keep an eye on Abanacanda. If he's still there when the Jets pick and they're looking for game breakers and guys who can, you know, guys who are a threat to score every time they touch the ball, Israel Abanacanda is a guy to keep an eye on. Corey Trice, got to be honest, wasn't familiar with him till a couple of weeks ago. Um, 6'2 corner out of Purdue. I honestly can't even watch 80 million games this week. I forget which game it was. Um, but I, I watched a couple in a row of Purdue and he was making plays regularly, breaking up passes in the end zone. So he was able to stay in receivers, hit pockets, high point the ball, bats and passes away. And I thought this, you know, this guy's on my radar now. Like he's, he, he's a player that I wasn't familiar with until that point. Um, JL Skinner, if the Jets are going to go safety, I would honestly rather at this point just go round seven or go UDF, bring in some UDFAs. I think they like Tony Adams. They brought in Chuck Clark. They've still got Whitehead. Yes, he had a down year, but I don't think they're going to get anybody better than him at this point. Um, I would go later, and, and I've said his name a million times. Excuse me, Jason Taylor. Um, I actually, Scott, as a matter of fact, I can't remember if I brought this up with you when you had a uh, I, – I forget the, the guest's name, but you had somebody on who was breaking down the analytics side of things, and he had some projections. And I think he said there are two – Pro Bowl potential safeties in this class, and I, I forget who the first one is. It may have been Brian Branch, but I think he said Jason Taylor. And I was like, oh, my God, that's this is literally the first person I've heard mention Jason Taylor, and I had just written a scouting report on him a couple days earlier for JetNation.com, so he's somebody to keep an eye on. No, I don't think he's on this list, but the name just popped in my head, so I, I, I let myself get sidetracked a little. Luke Whipler is there, the center from Ohio State, who some people thought the Jets could target if they didn't get one earlier on. He's still out there. Again, <laughs> I don't think the Jets are going to go after seven centers, so that's a, that's an unlikely move. Dwayne McBride, who the Jets, again, did have in for a visit, whatever the hell we want to say that means anymore. Um, and I, as I said earlier, you know, with, with the visits thing, you mentioned the Patriots. Willie McGinnis, I don't know if you've heard that story. He said he didn't hear from anyone from the Patriots at any point before, during, after the, the draft process, and then they take him in the first round. And it's just sometimes sometimes you get these lessons, man, just reinforce it. Like I said, it's the JMS thing, and you're like, oh, well, they must like him, all these visits. And then they do that, and you think, you know, it's it, it, sometimes it is just a smokescreen, and you, you kind of forget. But uh, Zach Evans running back out of Ole Miss, again, another good back out of a solid class, and a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, a guy I would lump in with him in that range, who I actually, they've got Zach Evans rated higher here, but I actually prefer this guy, Eric Gray, the running back out of Oklahoma. I mean, he's as smooth as can be catching the ball. Doesn't have the best speed, but he's got plenty of speed. It's not like he's not going to be able to get the job done. <clears throat> excuse me. It's not like he's not going to be able to get the job done because he's, again, he's got plenty of wheels to, 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 you see, you see him consistently make big plays, big runs in college. He's got the speed to do that. Very agile, a uh, lot, you know, a lot of breaking tackles, spin moves, making guys miss. Um, Ivan Pace, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention Rick Spielman again because Ivan Pace is a guy who we brought up on our show and kind of listed him. I, I'd said to, um, we had Chris Schubert from the Draft Network on and we both said, here's a, here's a guy, sort of a mid-major guy who all he does is make plays. Ivan Pace lives in opposing backfields. I forget his numbers, but he had like 18 TFLs and 12 sacks, like crazy numbers in the backfield, but he's a smaller guy. But the irony is that even though he's one of the smaller linebackers in this class, 
what Rick Spielman said about him, and this kind of along the lines of what myself and Chris had said. He said he's the only be- he's the only linebacker I see in this class who just consistently stacks and sheds. Like he takes on blockers, tosses them aside, and makes plays. And you see it during the season. You saw it again at the Senior Bowl. Ivan Pace absolutely love Ivan Pace, and I would love for him to be a New York Jet. Dorian Thompson Robinson, absolute howitzer of an arm back there for UCLA, and he can make plays with his legs. Nick Herbig, outside linebacker, Nate's brother, uh, Wisconsin product. He's another guy I was I was tweeting out about quite a bit last season, um, in hopes of uh in hopes of the Jets grabbing him with that being a need. If we're still talking about tackles, um Carter Warren from Pittsburgh, not a great run blocker, but really good length, has the prototypicals you look for, and does a nice job, a nice job in pass pro, more so <clears throat> again, more so than as a run blocker. Keaton Mitchell. Another linebacker, or sorry, another running back to keep an eye on. He might be, I forget the 40, he might be the fastest back in this class. If not, he's certainly up there. A uh, small small school guy out of East Carolina. And I think, uh, as a matter of fact, I may have mocked him to the Jets in, in one of the mocks. I, we, we didn't do a ton. I, I'm not one of those do 20 mocks a year guys, I think. But of the few that I did, I'm sure I had Keaton Mitchell going to the Jets at some point. Henry 2020 out of Alabama. Here's a guy that was getting, you know, talked up as, and, and really the two guys here. They've got Noah Sewell at 54. Again, this is si.com. They've got Noah Sewell at 54 and Henry 2020 at 57. Um, and that's ranked of the players left, uh, to start the year. At least a lot of most of the stuff I was reading had them as the two top inside linebackers in this class. Um, and now they're all the way down here and well into the hundreds. Um, Cam Jones, another Cam Jones, Indiana, huge, big hitter, um, at linebacker for Indiana. Maybe not the best cover guy, but he will lay people out. Will Mallory saw him run the best 40 at Indy. I thought he looked fast on, on, on tape. I actually commented after watching, I think it was against, I think it was Miami Pitt, if I'm not mistaken. And I kind of tweeted out, like I, I said, you know, we're, we're not hearing this guy's name a lot. Um, I'm curious to see how Will Mallory runs at Indy because he looks like he's got pretty good speed. And I think he ran a four five seven, which was the uh which was the best the best forty time at the combine for uh tight ends. Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receiver out of West Virginia, had a really big year a couple of years ago. Um and him and Dontavian Wicks, those guys I, I um out of Virginia. V- Wicks is actually the guy who had a really big year last year or two years ago and then dropped off last year. But Virginia, they switched offensive coordinators and their entire offense saw took a huge step back. And all the all they had lost from the previous season, I believe, was one offensive lineman and everything just fell apart. Um so I think that more may have been more of a change in, in philosophy with the new play caller. Uh, Braden Daniels, again, another old lineman out of Utah, played tackle. Most seem to think he will kick inside the guard. And uh, uh, two two teammates I'm going to mention here, one that we've mentioned uh, a few times, uh, Scott, uh, Jake Hayner, the quarterback out of Fresno State. Not the biggest guy, but he's got he's got enough mobility to get away from trouble. He might break off a run from time to time, but really accurate, accurate on the move, accurate from the pocket even though he's a shorter guy and one of his favorite targets, Jalen Moreno Cropper um, really like him. He's a guy who ran a, a much faster 40 than I thought he does a nice job of getting separation, making plays. Didn't still didn't think he was that fast of a guy, but he ran in the four fours tight end Payne Durham. Again, another name in a deep class. He's, he's sort of, he's a guy who can do a little bit of everything. Doesn't have that great speed, but he can be a factor. He can be, you know, he can line up at H back. He can line up at fullback, not afraid to knock guys out in the, in the run game. And, uh, he's 
you know, he does make plays as a, as a receiver. Again, not not a dynamic game breaker like some of these guys, but still a threat there. Matt Landers, Arkansas. We talk about how there's no big, well, or very few big receivers in this class, which there aren't, that everybody's a slot guy. Everybody's 5'11", everybody's 5'10". Uh, Matt Landers, taller guy, great speed. Um, showed that off at Arkansas from time to time. I, I thought he might be sort of viewed as a, a a prospect who would go a little bit earlier than this, but you know it, they uh, here we are about to start day f- or round four, and he's still out there as is Aiden O'Connell, a quarterback the Jets did visit with, um, and another receiver. Actually, I'll, I'll mention two more guys. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Dante Demas, another big receiver. He's a Maryland product, really big guy, saw his production drop this year, but I believe he was coming off of an injury. He kind of entered the year with a little bit more, a little bit more fanfare. And because of the injury and the the slip in production has sort of gone by the wayside. And then John Gaines, UCLA played all five positions on the offensive line at UCLA moves really well. I believe had one of the fastest 40 times, excuse me, among um, offensive linemen in Indy. And even though I said I was only going to do two more, I lied because last one I want to throw in there, they won't take him. I know they won't take him, but this is my, my ideal scenario, Scott, is the Jets one day as a team get to a point where they can take him. Andrew Voorhees, projected first-round guard, injures his knee. He's now going to go in round four or five, and somebody's going to get a Pro Bowl or maybe even all-pro guard because there's going to be a team out there that's good enough and stocked enough that they can say, you know what, we don't need this guy right now. We can take him in the fourth round, and he's going to be a Pro Bowler for us You know, a couple years down the road. Roshan Johnson would be a guy that I would love to see with the Jets for obvious reasons, being a biased Texas fan. And one name that you didn't mention that I think could be interesting especially considering the fact that we already talked about Brees Hall and Will McDonald, is Xavier Hutchinson, the wide receiver from Iowa State. So maybe another Iowa State guy could wind up on the Jets. We'll see. We'll be interesting as the Jets have a pick in the fourth and two in the fifth. Glenn and I will be back to talk about all of it tomorrow. Glenn Naughton, the editor at JetNation.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down everything that went on during day number two of the NFL draft with me. Really appreciate it. For those who want to check out everything that you're doing over at JetNation.com, what are they going to see when they go over there, and how can they follow you on social media? Well, you know, it's draft time, so you're going to see a lot of irate fans because there's always somebody mad about somebody that Joe Douglas picked. But, yeah, check out the forums at JetNation.com, lively debate, pretty liberal, let you get away with just about anything. Um, just about anything, but it's a great time, great place for Jets fans to, to come together and share their opinions. Give us a follow on Twitter at JetNation.com. You can follow me at AceFan23, AceFan23. And my, uh, my co-host at Jet Nation Radio, Dylan Terriman, is at D underscore Terriman, T-E-R-E-M-A-N. And on Friday, we go live Thursday nights at 6.30. And Friday nights is myself and Chris Schubing from the Draft Network talking, talking draft and Jets in general. Make sure you check out everything that Glenn is doing over at JetNation.com. Check out everything we've got going on at PlayLikeJet.com and the PlayLikeJet YouTube channel. We've got an awesome All-22 breakdown of the Jets' first-round pick, Will McDonald, the pass rusher out of Iowa State. That's up on our channel right now, courtesy of the Thunder from down under, Luke Grant. We will certainly have one of Joe Tipman, the center from Wisconsin, who the Jets drafted in the second round coming up as well so watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already youtube.com slash play like a jet visit our store tpublic.com that's tee we've got the john franklin myers quentin williams 
bless you. Thank you. Shirt to play like a jet logo, shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. Tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, it doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. Before the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's play like a jet digital, play like a jet.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.